We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Timeline is a Blue Wire podcast. the timeline of phoenix suns podcast back already after releasing a podcast yesterday because massive massive news happened today and it started this morning deandre Ayton was offered a max contract by the indiana pacers and then signed it just about what 20 minutes ago and the suns immediately matched which means deandre Ayton is back and will continue to be a phoenix sun in the future, my name is Mike. I'm here with Sam. Sam, how you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. Mike V. Hill, the podcast Sega Baba for us. Back-to-back <laughs> podcasts as we roll in to what has been, I guess, not the complete conclusion of the DeAndre Ayton saga, but no. certainly the end, the end of a very, very, very important chapter uh, and, and some much-needed closure, I think, for Suns fans with what happened today as they re-signed him to a four-year deal. Yes. He will not go off gently into that good night. The DeAndre Ayton saga continues. <laughs> At the very least, we got some news, <laughs> which is kind At of nice. We've been least. so desperate for that. Fucking uh, finally. <laughs> and and I think the way that it the way that it happened actually is kind of fascinating because uh the Suns basically made it known they were planning on matching this offer sheet before Indiana signed it, and they still did. They offered it to him, and they matched it immediately, which is just kind of fascinating. So I think it points to a couple of things. I'm guessing some sort of sign-and-trade negotiations fell apart. It appeared that neither team was interested in it. There has been some murmurs that the Suns were asking for multiple picks in any uh, option for a sign-and-trade for DeAndre Ayton. And I, here's here's my read of all of this, because the reality of how I view everything now is that everything that happens is now through the lens of how does this impact Kevin Durant? 
And unfair to DeAndre and because it's pretty cool. He signed a massive contract. He's getting a max contract and he's getting paid. And he played really he well got, this last season. He got to that second contract like he always wanted. And it was almost as good as it possibly could be. Right. Almost. Almost. Not quite. Well, yeah. My view of it is I think the Suns were acutely aware of the fact that the Nets were not interested in DeAndre Ayton and were potentially staring down the possibility of already losing both Mikael Bridges and Cameron Johnson. And if they stared down the barrel of getting Kevin Durant, losing Mikael Bridges, Cameron Johnson, and DeAndre Ayton, that is a that is a pretty bad scenario. Even getting Kevin Durant back, that is a much, much, much worse scenario than you needed to be in. So couldn't figure out a signing trade for DeAndre, and it appeared there was only one team interested in him besides the Suns, so there wasn't a lot of leverage for the Suns in that case. It just matched the offer sheet. Now, if they're trying to trade for Kevin Durant, which we, of course, have to talk about, they still have the option of sending both Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson and whatever else you need in order to make up salary, which is still quite a bit, to be honest. And uh, and they get to keep DeAndre Ayton next to them. And if you're thinking about a team, which we're not yet, but if you're, if you're picturing a team with Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and Kevin Durant, that's a pretty great place to start. <laughs> it's a pretty great place to start if you can figure out how to get there. Uh, what do you think? I mean, that's that's where we go next. And so definitely I want to address that in a minute. First, you know, I just want to give some credit actually to the Indiana Pacers here in this entire this entire chapter just because, I mean, even as we were talking yesterday, <laughs> if you go back 24 hours ago and listen to our conversation, like there was a level of certainty that I think we had based on rumors that we had heard, whispers mm-hmm. behind the scenes in the league, that the Pacers were a team that was very averse to handing out an offer sheet in yeah, the first place. Right. And so, you know, they finally, they they are the ones who put the Suns to the flame and forced them to, like, actually get this process in motion and actually put pen to paper and, and match this contract and bring DeAndre Ayton back um, to the Suns because for a while we really didn't think it was going to happen. And not only did they do that, by the way, not only did they actually go out and give the offer sheet that I wasn't expecting, but then they go out and they actually create the cap space that they needed. Yeah. Like first there was just the rumor that right. the Pacers are interested in this offer sheet and and you know that could have they been They agreed to it is how Woj right. <laughs> reported it. But then about 45 minutes later, uh, earlier this afternoon, they actually went out and they cut a rookie and they or uh, uh what would waved. have been a second year player yeah. at this point, waived and they stretched a couple of minimum guys and you know you could say those aren't big losses, but they actually made the necessary cuts that they needed. Uh, to force the Suns essentially into like a do or bluff situation, <laughs> and they put that pressure on the Suns, and um, thank God the Suns matched. Uh, yeah, I mean, because we were know, really, we were really staring down the possibility of the Suns losing DeAndre in for nothing. And and to be yep. honest, I you know call it PTSD or whatever you want to call it, just being a fan of a team that has Robert Sarver as an owner, I thought it was a real possibility. I genuinely did, uh, because right now the Suns are essentially $15 million in, into the tax, according to, I believe it was Sham Shrania that just tweeted that, uh, which is a lot. <laughs> That's a lot into the tax. And they've never done it. I mean, this is really the first time the Suns have ever done it with Robert Sarver as an owner. And I just want to stress, stress the importance of if you're not trading DeAndre in for assets, which the Suns appear, appeared to try to do, as far as we know, if you're not trading him, when you bring him back, because he's a player the Suns drafted, you have the ability of going significantly over the cap to re-sign him, which is not something you can do for free agents that you're signing uh, just regular free agents on other teams that are just free agents. Because he was 
somebody the Suns drafted, they were capable of going significantly into the tax to keep him. Now, are the Suns going to keep DeAndre in for the long term? I don't know. I mean, I guess that probably depends on how he plays after this contract has been signed. But define define long term beyond this, this year because, yeah. <laughs> at this point, or beyond at okay. least next off season. Uh, mm-hmm. Because here's what I'll say. First of all, Woj weirdly tweeted out in the idea that the Suns were going to match the fact that he could be traded January 15th. That was included in the tweet about the Suns matching him, which was odd to me to begin with. Uh, but because the Suns went significantly over the tax, uh, over the cap to keep DeAndre, and they can now trade DeAndre in and just stay over the cap, over the tax line in a way that they couldn't really do previously. So it's a nice opportunity for the Suns to have this massive salary. It's the way the Warriors did it, right? They continued every time when they were able to sign Kevin Durant, every time they moved on from a player that had to do with that, they just kept trading them for other high salary players so that they could continue to stay well over the cap. The Suns have the opportunity to do that now with DeAndre. And if he stays, he stays. If he doesn't, the Suns now are able to stay over the line and continue to have a very high salary to keep players. And I think that's a smart move for the team. You know, it's not really something they could have done any other way. Yeah, I think having the flexibility is a smart move for sure. I mean, you talk about, look, again, it's impossible to have this conversation now without continuing to bring up Kevin Durant into it because um, staring down the barrel of having being decently far into the tax, right, with just having DeAndre Ayton on the books, Mikhail Bridges, who you signed to an extension last year, plus obviously Booker and Paul, that's one thing. Even that level of luxury tax penalties, I, I don't think we've seen Robert Sarver pay before. Um, the idea of then bringing Kevin Durant in on top of that, and obviously you'd have to match salaries there, uh, you know, like 90% of the way or whatever, mm-hmm. but the idea of then bringing in Kevin Durant as well is just uncharted waters for this franchise. It's something we've never, ever seen. And so mm-hmm. there's now, as we approach the Kevin Durant trade possibilities, people obviously wondering and asking, is the Kevin Durant dream dead? It's not dead, but we are talking about something that is unprecedented. It's totally unprecedented for the Suns now. And I think it's two very different discussions to have. Can the Suns still build a package without DeAndre Ayton that could net them Kevin Durant, which I think for a while, honestly, Mike, you and I and many other people in the media actually have been on the same page about in that the answer is yes, especially if Donovan Mitchell goes to the Knicks or goes somewhere else, uh, especially if Toronto continues to be resistant to give up, you know, a Scotty Barnes type player. I think the answer is yes, the Suns could build from a value perspective that type of package. Are the Suns actually willing to um, show the league that their pockets are that deep? That's mm-hmm. that's the other side of the conversation now, and it is tough, mm-hmm. and there is a lot of tension there, and there will also be, by the way, this is a separate conversation, but a lot of tension in how DeAndre Ayton actually feels yeah. Yeah. about the Phoenix Suns going forward, just because yeah. he is signed to a contract, like I said at the very beginning, this is the end of a very important chapter, it is not the end of the DeAndre Ayton saga, no. and the tension right. will be at a height. And can we just, season. just to underscore that... I just want to just reiterate how this went. The Suns had the opportunity to sign DeAndre into a contract extension. They didn't. The word is they didn't even negotiate because DeAndre Ayton wasn't willing to talk about anything other than a five-year max. DeAndre Ayton went to restricted free agency. Then it became known league-wide and uh, by a tweet by Woj that DeAndre Ayton agreed 
to a contract with the Indiana Pacers, but hadn't yet signed. And what that means is the Suns could have just offered him a contract that is exactly the same and he could have signed with the Suns. He didn't. And what that tells you is that he wanted to sign the Pacers one (laughs) or the Suns didn't offer it, right? It's one or the other. Mm -hmm. One of the advantages of if the Suns just did it themselves, there wouldn't be a trade restriction on him for the year. So it would have benefited the Suns if they were because because right now for those who don't know DeAndre Ayton cannot be traded to the Indiana Pacers for a year he can be traded this year uh, according to Woj January 15th is the date he can be traded again but DeAndre Ayton has the ability of vetoing any trade for one year based on just the matching of a restricted free agent contract meaning he has kind of the choice of where he wants to go if the Suns have the opportunity to trade him and if the Suns had signed him themselves and just sort of intercepted the offer sheet that the Pacers were, were giving, that would have given him the opportunity to trade him this year to whatever team the Suns wanted to, including, by the way, the Pacers. They clearly didn't want to do that. So some sort of something was happening there where DeAndre preferred to sign the Pacers one. Maybe it was just because he wanted to have the option of vetoing a trade for a year. Uh, but no matter what... What we know is the Suns did not extend him and DeAndre Ayton signed a restricted offer sheet with another team. And now what we have to know is how happy will he be returning to the Phoenix Suns? And we don't really know that yet. And there's going to be some reporting on that soon, I'm sure. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And not just happy because, I mean, look, ha- you know, players are, they're humans and happiness is important, but also how motivated <laughs> will he be to play basketball, which the two go hand in hand, but they're slightly different concepts. Right. Uh, you know, reportedly DeAndre Ayton was really excited by the prospect of going to this rebuilding team in Indiana and playing with Tyrese Halliburton, a young point guard, a young pass first point guard specifically. Granted, 
Chris Paul is a pass first point guard as well. And I think, that, you know, we've illuminated over the years. I think there's many, many reasons for DeAndre Ayton actually, just despite popular belief, perhaps, um, for him to be used in the Suns offense in a way that is beneficial to him. I think there are many, many ways, even if he doesn't get 500 touches per game. But all of the little things that we've always talked about with DeAndre Ayton, the real way that he impacts the game, the real reason that he honestly earns this money in the first place um, is in the little things he does on defense, is in the little things he brings to the game mm-hmm. with his physicality as a tone setter every night that you know just brings an edge to the Suns' defense and offense that they can't get from anyone else. Well, all of that could be in question now if he comes in feeling spurned mm-hmm. by this organization, and we are just not going to have any clear, concise answers on that for a while. It's going to hang over the whole season, and uh, because of that, trade veto possibility it's going to hang over at least the first three months of the season but i imagine honestly the whole season well yeah and he has the ability of vetoing any trade so yeah it could last as long as he wants it to last essentially and i think we're at the point where if we consider kevin durant on this team now is that for for those who are probably wondering if that's dead or not i wouldn't say it's dead it's not dead. It's they not didn't, dead. They didn't it's, want Aiden. <laughs> you know like we could start and there we've they had we've hard cap for too we've said for three weeks Bridges, Johnson, throw in some salary filler. You know who all the candidates are. Yeah. Could be Shamit, could be Sharge, could be probably not Crowder. You don't want to give up all your wings. But could be Shamit, could be Sharge, could be Payne, could be mm-hmm. Craig. Mm-hmm. Some salary filler. Four first-round picks, three first-round pick swaps. And then dare someone to beat you. Yeah. Now, the other option now that Donovan Mitchell is like clearly on the trade market and is that probably still going to the Knicks. I don't know. He's probably going to the Knicks, which again, I think that I just said this yesterday on yesterday's episode. I think that helps the Suns because clearly the Nets want a superstar uh, for or or at least a star player for Kevin Durant. And if Donovan Mitchell is off the table, there is just no clear superstar or star um, mm-hmm. on the trade market. However, if you could get a way to spiral it into a three team deal, I don't know, is Utah interested in <laughs> uh, in Mikhail Bridges? Yeah, if, maybe, uh, to be honest, if, you know. I would feel really bad about condemning Mikael Bridges to the awful. fate of playing yeah. in Utah. Yeah. I would feel I would feel really, really bad about that. But before we were talking about maybe you send Aiton there, or maybe you send Aiton to Indiana, and there were all sorts of three, four, five team deals we were working yeah. on. Now yeah. maybe it becomes something else, and you find a way to get Donovan Mitchell in Brooklyn with all of the Suns' picks, and, and maybe you can still make everyone happy. It's definitely feasible. It's within the rules of the CBA. Uh, but, of course luxury tax again it's gonna be tough yeah tough to convince that owner guy say the sun's trade for kevin durant what becomes kind of interesting is i guess it's kind of where do you stand on how much you believe the things that deandre and was saying uh because he said a few things according to the media and according to his agent there is the idea that he essentially said I've done that big man thing, that role that I didn't like to play. He essentially was implying, hey, I did that thing where you wanted me to play a big man that was a screener and a roller and play defense. Now pay me and you didn't. And then he said, you know, there's other things where he said, I want I want a bigger role. I want more offensive touches. Well, if Durant joins the team, he's not getting that. Nope. You know, he goes one further down the line when DeAndre it comes to Aiden- offensive touches. He if becomes Durant, just a finisher, basically. I was going to say, if Kevin Durant comes to the Suns still, first of all, 
let's be real. If DeAndre Ayton is playing at 60% effort and Kevin Durant comes to the Suns, the Suns are still <laughs> They're so an good. incredible <laughs> They're basketball They're so team. good, yes. They're so good. Yes. So, like, this is not cause for concern, really, no. to me. I mean, other than the fact that Ayton would not be deserve, he would not be living up to his contract We don't need point. bad vibes. But the Suns would still be so good. <laughs> but my point we being... We need good vibes. If Kevin Durant comes to the Suns still... DeAndre Ayton is going to be slotted into a starting center role that I believe the Suns were fully prepared to give to Bismack Biombo. Like they were, <laughs> they would have been comfortable with Bismack Biombo. And he's so in much that better, slot. right? And instead, they get DeAndre Ayton. And he's but so much. Better, what does that mean? What does that mean for Ayton? I mean, this is the guy where people have been complaining about getting him more touches for four years. Kevin Durant's on the team. Yeah, it's just not going to happen. Nope. You are the physical tone setter. Yes, we need you to work some mismatches in the post. Yeah, but now you're getting thirty million dollars a year, so you have to do with it. your like, right. You know, like but no yeah. complaining. You're getting the money yeah. now. Uh, and if he doesn't, I think that's kind of it's bad for the Suns. You're right in that even if he's not playing at like his peak peak level, the Suns will still, you know, be better off than Biombo starting. Much much better off. Uh, but he needs to be able to embrace that role because ultimately if he's on a team with Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, and Devin Booker, he needs to be defensive. He needs to be the best defensive player, basically one of the best in the league at that point. And the Suns could win a title if he's just that. Um, and it's nice because right, he still has all of that offensive skill. And I'll, I'll say it once again, his offense this last season was the best offense of his career. He was incredible. Uh, he hit a lot of uh, really interesting shots in interesting places. And and I think the Suns could really build an incredible offense around those four guys. And I guess right now we have some sort of idea, at least three players that are going to be back in the starting lineup. And if Kevin Durant is slotted in there, then you can picture what those four players are and start trying to imagine what you could do to build around them. Uh, it, I think it'll be interesting to see to what extent the Nets are willing to push this now. Because mm-hmm. the Suns had somewhat of a deadline to try and figure things out when it came to Kevin Durant that they clearly wanted to include DeAndre Ayton in. You can, they can pretend like they always planned on doing what they just did, but it was obvious that they were trying to figure out a way to trade for Kevin Durant while using DeAndre Ayton as an asset. It's just obvious. But now that deadline is passed, right? And that means they have guys that are under contract that they can trade. Obviously, they can give an extension to Cameron Johnson. He's going to want to figure that out before that extension deadline is up. But now this can technically go into the season. You know, the Suns can handle that too if they absolutely have to. They could even sure. potentially wait until DeAndre Ayton is trade eligible. It's it, you know, that's <laughs> yep. something that's possible at this point. And I and think that's why it's important for Kevin Durant to continue to put as much pressure as possible exactly. on the Nets to, to actually force this to the Suns as quickly as possible. Thank you. The ball is in Kevin Durant's court now to put pressure on the Nets, just like you said. It is all about what precisely is Kevin Durant's will to truly get out of there and play for the Phoenix Suns. And, you know, I don't know the honest answer to that question. I don't. I'm not inside the head of Kevin Durant. Maybe he talks himself into the idea of just settling back in with Kyrie and giving it another go within the next two months. It's always possible. Um, but at least, at the very least, we just, uh, this is another thing we just said yesterday. It's like we had this idea. I said this whole Pacers situation is going to wrap up in a matter of days. And sure enough, it wrapped up within 24 hours. But the Kevin Durant situation could drag out into August, September, October, because the Nets just have no incentive to play ball with the Suns right now. They, mm-hmm. they don't need to. They can afford to wait, whereas the Suns will have the pressure on them. Now, I will say, thank God, 
that the Suns actually matched the offer because mm-hmm. there was always the possibility of the Suns continue to try and, and chase, chase, chase the Kevin Durant dream for two or three months after they've right. already let right. DeAndre Ayton go for, for nothing. And that would have been a miserable experience for yeah. us. And it's, but the, they, they lose so much leverage too. Selfishly, I'll say that. Like podcast after podcast would just be garbage content because I would be depressed. <laughs> Every every Suns fan, I think, would be call, probably calling for James Jones to be fired. Yeah, yeah. There would be all sorts of... It would it would be horrific, honestly, if that happens. And thankfully, we avoided the disaster scenario. Um, but hey, we got we to gotta go down the other fork in the road. Mm-hmm. The other option, which is the Suns don't get Kevin Durant. Yeah. How do they put the pieces together? Because we know, it, like we said very clearly after Game 7 the Suns cannot just run it back again. Like after, and and maybe, you know, maybe you feel differently about this now than you did two months ago, but I remember the conversations we had after game seven and how horrific that performance was and how I think it fundamentally changed the way that a lot of Suns fans in the community feel (laughs) about we are not, fool me once, shame on you, but I'm not going to get fooled again. Like you can't, (laughs) You can't talk me. That's a, is that a George Bush reference? That's absolutely what it is. You can't talk me into continuity two years in a row when you went out that pathetically. Honestly, in one of the most pathetic performances in the playoffs in not just Suns history, yeah. not just NBA history, right. but probably the history of all sports. It's uh, <laughs> you, you can't you can't do it. So if you can't get Kevin Durant, by all means, I think they're going to they're going to continue to chase him as they should. Yeah. <laughs> DeAndre Ayton now can't be traded. Right. Well, how do the Suns, until at the least Suns, January fifteenth? Yeah. DeAndre Ayton can't be traded until January fifteenth. The Suns mm-hmm. are not going to trade Chris Paul. The Suns are not going to trade Devin Booker. The Suns have, right. uh, uh, they have the taxpayer by le- uh, no, not the biannual. They have the taxpayer mid level exception, which is yeah. about six million dollars starting salary that yeah. they can use potentially on a free agent field of mostly crap at yeah. this point. How do you build? And, and and improve a team mm-hmm, if you can't mm-hmm. get Durant with all of those pieces, considering all of those pieces. Well, I mean, you can still go the trade avenue, but now you're looking at Mikhail Bridges, well, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, Landry Shamit, first-round picks. But but you got to do something, right? That's my point. You have to do something. You, let's say you, you look at the players as assets, which is almost, it's kind of the worst part of the off season in, in some respects where you're just talking about these guys as like pawns and chess pieces and stuff, but we're going to do it anyway, because if you, if you think about Chris Paul, Devin Booker and Deandre, and those are the three guys, you know, who are starting, I think you can slot Mikel Bridges in again, assuming if Kevin Durant's off the table, you can slot Mikel Bridges in again. Then you have that power forward starting power forward spot. That's the spot you need to improve at. Now you have Cameron Johnson if you feel like you have someone good enough to trade Cameron Johnson for, but otherwise you have Jay Crowder's salary, you have Dario Sharts' salary, and you own all your picks. So you can get up to twenty million dollars almost who, who with both that, of those guys. Who does that lead us right back to? <laughs> Julius Randle. <laughs> <laughs> how do we how do we keep coming back to him? John Collins every, is out there, man. Every time we think we've escaped the Julius Randle trade rumors. The, I have to fire up the train again because I, it might just arrive at our doorstep. I don't know. It's, it's John, Col- John Collins is still out there. You know, he I, is. I'm not saying he that is. it's perfect, but I'm I, he's definitely better offensively than Jay Crowder. If we're just talking about offense and uh, it gives you an interesting look, I'm not sure he's a great fit next to DeAndre Ayton. 
You know, I talked about not that I don't know that this is possible once again, but like I talked about the idea of how great OG Ananobi would look in the power forward spot if you can find some assets that the Raptors would want. But I don't think that I think they're kind of aiming a little higher than what the Suns could give up. Even Actually, you know what? I probably would trade Cameron Johnson in that case for OG Ananobi uh, to fill into that. I would too, four. but um, but yeah, now the Raptors are giving me I don't think they're going to really make a play for Durant when push comes to shove i think they're they're giving me continuity vibes they're on the continuity <laughs> timeline they are they do yeah they do no you're right you're right well i think they they're like okay if we could trade for kevin durant we'll do that but they appear to be out of that we'll see and yep. uh and if not yeah they probably want to keep it together and of course we talked about it uh, og Ananobi is a clutch client the suns now have another one uh in josh kogi so, you know, it would be up to whether or not that's fixed <laughs> to see if that's a possibility anyway. But if they could get OG Ananobi, I can't imagine a more interesting defensive team than like, you know, somebody like Mikael Bridges, OG Ananobi, and DeAndre Ayton as your front court guarding guys all over the court. That would be fascinating. Uh, but other than that, I think it's going to be difficult to find someone to fill in that role. You know, the obvious perfect fit is Kevin Durant. <laughs> He fixes all the problems. Uh, so it's tough to not want to continually go back to that. Uh, but yeah, I, I wonder how this changes the calculus for the Suns and how long they're willing to wait for that to happen. Because now they don't, like, once again, they don't have the ability to uh, trade DeAndre Ayton anymore. It's just he is what he is now, so you can't do it. I think it's fascinating to wonder how long it's going to take at this point. I I sort of get the feeling that Again, the Durant thing is going to drag out now. And so this is kind of the last... I mean, I, it kind of feels like the last big news for the Suns this offseason until maybe a Durant trade happens, maybe it doesn't. In like, and, and look, I could end up being very wrong about this. There could be a Kevin Durant trade tomorrow. But it just kind of feels this way, right? Like, <laughs> this could be the last big news until September, right? Or October. Yeah. Like, there's a Durant trade two weeks before the season. Could and be. what are the Suns... What are the Suns <laughs> going to do in the meantime? I think they're going to pursue the Kevin Durant path to its natural conclusion they're not going to turn around next week and say and okay should. fuck durant right. they should they should yeah. they're not going to turn around next week and say screw kevin durant give me julius randall as many times as i bring it up as a joke that just makes no sense <laughs> you know they're <laughs> yeah, they, absolutely they, now now if they officially kind of lose out on kevin durant by october november and it really feels like it's just not going to happen they can pivot i think they can pivot starting mid-season but yes, they can. Once we, DeAndre and becomes trade eligible too, they can potentially. I don't know. Look, I mean, it's it's just looking. I, I don't know if I would call it likely at this stage, but it, it is looking decently possible that the Suns at least go into the start of next season. <laughs> run it back the cons- for the what was the uh, what was the joke? Run it back for the jokes. <laughs> run it back for the jokes. Run it back for the run it back for the comedy. I said. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. It's just <laughs> it's abs- absurd. The situation that we potentially find ourselves in there if we spent all this time talking about the Aiton situation and what it means and Game 7 and the embarrassment and I don't know, man. Hopefully we get a Robert Sarver update soon, by the way. I yeah, don't know why I'm just inserting it into the conversation now, but <laughs> I'm thinking about what else could happen to this team this summer. Hopefully we get some closure on Can- the investigation into Robert Sarver. That's but, but other than that, maybe you get some minor roster moves and hopefully a Kevin Durant trade. We'll see. What if I I'm still I'm still slightly concerned about 
I hope that the team finds a way to make everyone feel happy because look, as much as we probably look at that disaster that was the Dallas ending, the team probably feels that way as well. And if we're inching closer and closer to potentially just running it back, I'm not sure they're going to be overly happy with that. The people you want to be happy with that is Devin Booker, Chris Paul. There was this report that Monty Williams and uh, DeAndre, and this came out a couple weeks ago, but there was this report that Monty Williams and DeAndre had not spoken at the time of the start of free agency. They had not yeah. spoken since the that game seven, since the end. <laughs> Maybe Monty has reached out in the past couple weeks. I doubt it. Yeah. What do you think he's like? You know, we talk about Monty as this spiritual, as, as yeah. just this organizational leader, not even a spiritual leader, this organizational leader. What is he even saying? Like, what do you, <laughs> what do you, you're like, presumably he's inked the deal. You got to reach out. You got to text DeAndre. C- congratulations on your payday, I think, is a, a good place to start because yeah, it I mean, is pretty gonna... cool. I mean, the Suns could have really bungled this, right? They picked a number one pick overall that basically everyone thinks was the wrong pick. Uh, a good player, though, ended up being a good player. They didn't extend him. They had issues with him. Supposedly, the coach got into it with him in game seven of a disastrous game seven. And then he was still able to sign a $130 million contract. I think that's the first time we mentioned the actual amount of money, by the way. It is a total of four years, $133 million for DeAndre. And, and you know, I hope that they don't have issues. I hope that they, I think that they're both, they're adults. They're going to both be able to get past that by the time they're in training camp. So I'm not overly concerned with that. I think long-term, I am concerned though. I just wonder what's going to happen long-term. And I want Devin Booker to be happy. I want Chris Paul to be happy. And I think... For those guys to be happy, something else has to happen. Or at least the plan has to be pretty clear. And and this is not to say that they're unhappy with DeAndre. And I just don't think they want the same exact team back, except now it's Biombo instead of JaVale McGee. And that's it. <laughs> you know, that's not, that doesn't work. We're, we're, we're past that. I think we saw yeah. how that ended. And Damian now Lee it's Chris Paul's even Alfred older. Payton. Right. Damian yeah, I Lee mean, instead of Peyton. I, I, I try not to be the guy. I try not to be a gambo. I try not to be the guy who just spends the summer shitting on everyone's dreams. But <laughs> if you have eyes, I and and also you know, like I understand Game Seven was just a game. I understand that they had the best regular season ever, and I understand also, by the way, that there were some extenuating circumstances going into that game, which I still feel like are underrated. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. They had COVID. <laughs> despite all that. You just have to be kind of insane to take the the continuity, the internal and development at face value to. again. Yeah, yeah they I clearly mean, just, the team doesn't want to. I mean, that part is clear. I think understanding like what, what, that the team needs needs Kevin Durant was the most important thing for James Jones to understand. And the fact that he even got to a point where Kevin Durant is making it clear he wants to play in the Phoenix Suns is a bit of a victory in itself. But if you don't consummate the thing, it's not a marriage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's yeah, it's great to it's great to build that team on paper. I will always respect no matter what no matter what happens the rest of the summer. I challenged James Jones to be bold. I will always respect the fact that he actually went bold. He actually inserted himself into the Kevin Durant conversation. He got this far, but need the results. You need the final product or else <laughs> your legacy is on the line, JJ. No, I'm not going to be I'm not going to be that dramatic about it, but <laughs> he's either the best gm ever or the worst isn't that what you said that's i did say that i did say that and you know what i said he's either the best gm ever or the worst but now because he matched 
the contract for Aiton, and I know the Suns will at least be competitive. In the worst case scenario, yeah. they don't get Kevin Durant. <laughs> they don't get anyone. They run it back. They will be a competitive basketball team that wins 55-plus games yeah. and loses and loses in the second round. They're another like second right. round exit. They're the Mavs. <laughs> <laughs> that's their yeah. that's their worst case to me. Which it if that's is your funny worst case, how he's not the worst GM ever. It is funny how <laughs> staring down the possibility of no DeAndre, no Kevin Durant, really brings a lot of perspective to our feelings about this offseason Because there was a few there was a few hours there where I was like, Sarver's gonna Sarver's gonna screw this up. He's just gonna screw it up. We've seen it before. It's something that's gonna happen again. And look, I don't maybe the reason DeAndre had to sign that offer sheet is because Sarver literally had to be forced to pay DeAndre in that money. Well, uh, but they did it. So that's always good. How about this as another point, by the way, too? Mm-hmm. You've brought this up. Our friend David has brought this up. I don't know if this came from any other sources. Luxury tax payments. Yeah. The penalty is calculated at the end of the season. That's very true. Not at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Why is that important? (laughs) Robert Sarver is under investigation by the NBA. (laughs) That investigation is pending. The results of that investigation, according to Adam Silver, will be out soon. Hopefully, God willing, before the start of the 2022-2023 season. Because God knows we've been waiting long enough for those results. So, could Robert Sarver just be saying, screw it? I'm out of here. I can't say it publicly yet, but let's pass on the bill to the next sucker who owns this team. It's not my problem. It's possible. It's possible. Mm-hmm. I All I know is if there's a scenario where Robert Sarver could get into the luxuries tax and somebody else pays it, that seems like a scenario he would like. <laughs> you know? And if the team is worth a lot of money because Kevin Durant's on it, even better. He could probably sell it for a ton of money. Uh, so I'm not going to say that's impossible. Uh, but look, I am losing faith by the day in the idea of the Robert Sarver investigation for one ending anytime soon, regardless of what Adam Silver says or resulting in anything substantial. But we will see on that end. I think that. Well, first of all, can we just mention that you're going out of town <laughs> this weekend? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I, I am. feel like we should in just, fairness. just just in case. Um, I will be out of town from tomorrow is so recording Thursday night tomorrow from Friday through Monday. Now, to be fair to me, mm-hmm. this was a trip I planned months ago. It shouldn't have no- gone this long. <laughs> it should not have gone this long. Like normally, you like I wouldn't have planned a trip for the weekend of July 1st. If you cover the NBA, you don't plan a family. Va- or this is not a family vacation. Actually, it's a separate vacation, but you don't plan a vacation for July 1st. July 15th is supposed to be when, like, the Josh Akogis and the Rajan Rondos of the league are signing. And nothing else, nothing of this caliber is supposed to happen. So, yes, I am leaving. And if anything else happens this weekend, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, I don't know. What are you going to do? You're going to have to I might to have to pod. record, depending on what it is. I might <laughs> have to call and cowherd it. Yeah. <laughs> depending on, if it's a Kevin Durant trade, I'm putting something out there. We're going to do two reactions, one of me and one of you, if I have to. But uh, beyond that, I think we're probably going to wait to Monday uh, to do anything else. Obviously, there's a lot more to talk about and the implications of the things that happened today. Uh, but we wanted to get something out quickly so you guys have the opportunity to listen to this one over the weekend and then we'll be back with any other news that comes out soon hopefully there is some i'm not sure the sun's yeah it's an odd position that they find themselves in 
where there's a possibility of DeAndre and returning to the team and both of the twins being gone. I, I hate to bring that up, but like Mikael Bridges and Cameron Johnson are the options for a Kevin Durant trade. Now if the Suns include every pick in that, that is what it's going to be. So that is a possibility. And that's something that we can talk about more in the future. As we learn something last thing I will just mention, it was reported that DeAndre Ayton's max offer sheet was four years with fully guaranteed with no options. So there's no team options, no player options on that. That means he signed fully for the four years, which is good for the Suns in that it maximizes him as an asset. But also, if he's a great player over the length of his contract, he can stay for the longest uh, terms of that deal. Uh, but you got I anything else you, you want to add? I got one final pressing question okay. to put out to the people. What does this mean for Olivier Saar? <laughs> <laughs> can we just quickly just say... The the way that free agency kind of warps people's minds, people go people have always gone way too far on DeAndre and on both ends of the spectrum. He was really good this last season. It didn't make the decision to max him easy because you just it's hard to know what's gonna happen in the future for this team and there's always a fear of running out of offense in the future. Uh, but he was still really good. And, you know, for the Suns to be able to re-sign essentially the best free agent left on the market, that's what they just did, uh, is a good scenario for them. And it's going to be interesting to see where they go from here. Uh, We'll be back, like I said, once there's more news. We appreciate you guys. These emergency pods are fun. Uh, But, yes, we'll be back soon with more information. Thank you, guys.